Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 76 of For the Kudos. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm here with... Brett. How are you? Jeez, I thought you were going to be a little bit more energetic than that. But no, then I'm again, tired. You, I'm really tired. You have, you have this just This is 77 run. as well. That's why you threw me off. This is episode 77. Is it really? Yeah. Fuck! Oh, well. We're not starting again. Let's just get... Let's just nah. keep going into it. Um, two oh eight twenty nine, big dog. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Not, yeah, it's great, but not great, but not terrible. It's funny hearing your response there. I knew it was going to be very similar to Jack coming across. Obviously, FTK's one of FTK's uh, most regular guests in Jack Rayner getting pipped um, at Zazatapak 10. And I think the, yeah, the sign of like a true champion of our sport is when you race like that in the same way you, you did yesterday and you can hear in the tone of your voice that you're not happy. No, well, it's not that you're not happy, yeah, but you're not over the moon. It's it's bittersweet, Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But I guess like I was speaking to Saski on the phone after the race and then she was like, oh, you kind of said like, when you when I was getting all these stitch problems, like all I wanted was to like, kind of run a marathon, get to five k to go, and be blown up. And like it's my fitness, it's letting me down. It's not my stitch problems, and that's what happened yesterday. So um, I feel like I had the stitch pretty much under control. So definitely a positive with that. Yeah, and then the fitness just let you down. <laughs> yeah, like not a, uh, yeah, it's not not even fitness. It's just like. I'm joking. <laughs> gets hard. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that I think you you know I've I, um you know coached I coached a guy at, at Valencia's doing yeah everything so well and just didn't have a didn't have a good performance. Haven't had the chance to speak to him yet. But again, it's just like all the stars have to align on the day, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's yeah such a long race that if you can have bad patches, and I think that's what happened to me, like a bit of a bad patch, which made me end up running by myself for a fair bit and a bit of wind and yeah like it's just and then once you get into into that last like 10k if you're like just going one percent hard it quickly um tips you over the edge yeah yeah for sure um well we are obviously going to spend most of the episode talking about uh fukuoka um recapping that um just before we get started uh just Typical FTK housekeeping. Um, I'm assuming we're going to have a fair few new listeners here after with all the stuff that's been pumping out onto the socials. Um, we seem like we're getting a lot more followers, heaps of DMs over the weekend. I was at the OAC track night, Zatapec, on Saturday night, um, roaming BT style, except BT's a bit of a dickhead. Hopefully, I'm less of a dickhead. <laughs> um, it was really fun. Thank you to everyone involved, all the interviews that I was able to capture on the night. A lot of people like, you know, jumping in the mic when they could. We're going to be putting out a lot of that content. I'm sure a good percentage of the content will also get cut. But yeah, shout out to the on crew for putting on uh, putting on that event. Like I think, you know, Brett, how many Zatapex have you done? Or how many, you know, when was the first time you went to Zatapex? Like a long, long time ago, uh, right? 2008 or something, yeah. Talking about the 2008 you know, You know Dave McNeil won that? Yeah, I was talking about it the other day. Well, pretty crazy about it. Yeah. Pretty yeah. crazy. Um, he was 21 yeah, like, or 22 when he won that. 
Yeah, and now he's like 54, 55, something like that. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah, shout out, shout out to that crew um, at On because yeah, it was just insane. There was just so so much cool stuff um, happening there, and we were just like super happy to be involved. So yeah, stay stay uh, looking at the, the FTK socials for all the stuff coming out across there. Um, Talking about Dave McNeil, we also have uh, another Q&A popping out on Patreon. Um, Dave is, speaks to the OAC physio. So it's going to be an interesting one, not a physio to physio This chat. is the, the physio that um, <coughs> treats like Ollie Horn, Morgan McDonald yes. and all those yeah. American OAC guys. So um, be very interesting working with some of the best athletes in the world. Definitely. Um, also, we mentioned in the last episode, we do have a live show with a Runner's Paradise and that is going to be on December 18th, a Monday night. Um, that'll start off with a group run and then into a live show. It's going to be super limited tickets available. Uh, looking you know, at our Patreon numbers and the amount of tickets we have, they do get early access because uh, w- yeah, wouldn't be surprised if they all sell out to our Patreon supporters, but that's what we love. They support us. We support them. Um, but stay tuned for those tickets to, to get released this week. Uh, and lastly, it is the last episode of Chasing Paris. This would, well, it would have come out onto Patreon um, uh, at the time of this, this episode coming out onto the main network. I'll tell you what, what a series. Like, you know, know. Andy Buchanan, obviously, unfortunately, um, getting injured early on. But that just shows, again, I feel like one of those, you know, sort of 10-week, 12-week docuseries um, hosted by Riley Wolf. The thing that shows the, you know, the beauty of our sport but also the hard sides of the sport, you know, with Andy pulling out and fuck, look at Jen. How good was Jen's that? Jen's holding it together for us. But both these series, she, she's the happy story for us, which is... Exactly. Yeah, credit to her. Put it yeah. together twice in a row. Yeah, credit to all the um all the Aussie women in Valencia. They they killed it. Tom DeCanto, great run too. He ran, yeah. you know, sub 212. Um, I said quietly. And I couldn't I believe th- watching Valencia, just watching the tracking and just seeing all those girls running together. And I'm like, yeah. And they just weren't slowing down. And you're just like, they're all going to run so fast here. It's, I yeah, did not expect them to be running 223. I think they're going to go more 225 pace. Yeah. Yeah. I was the same. Yeah. I just thought, yeah. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like uh, Valencia really is the course, is the really course to, to course to go to um so i think i'm going to debut in, in valencia next year i decided <laughs> yes. i like my own rules <laughs> it's like we get you know, make everyone feel better that you still go and run bad there <laughs> I was, <laughs> no, I was gonna it's, it's not as fast as we yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's like it's like valencia cheat going. i go there debut 224 run slower than jen did and it's like oh shit no valencia, <laughs> yeah. this is not, not that bad <laughs> you're looking at it going <laughs> fuck i can run 158 at valencia <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Chasing Paris has come to an end, but thankfully for our Patreon supporters, Riley and Elise are launching straight into a, another special series, Hot Takes, which is going to be you know pretty much a weekly update in all uh, athletics news. So it'll be really good for those guys hosting that. Because I feel like, Brett, we know our strengths. We know our weaknesses. Um, I'm not sure, you know, we're the best people to host that. I love how I'm throwing you under mm. the bus with me there. You'd probably be pretty good at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we've got Lockie Morehouse. Definitely lock on, on in, uh, in athletics right now. Like, obviously, all those women running great. Um, and then Zatapak as well. Like, some huge performances from that. So, to 
good time to kind of start that series too. Yeah, exactly right. I don't think we need to even recap all of the Zatapec results because let's leave it to the to the crew on uh, the Patreon to do that. So let's uh, let's launch straight into. Well, I was going to say our training weeks, but I think we're going to do things a little bit different. Um, Brett, obviously, we want to spend most of the focus talking about Fukuoka play by play, maybe not kilometer by kilometer because that's going to take us 42 hours. But um, just run us through before we get started, run us through what you did just quickly race week. Yeah. Um, so flew over. So I did the, my last hard session on Tuesday at the 10, just did six by K and actually felt pretty, pretty decent in that. Um, and then flew to Japan that night. So got here Wednesday. And then from there, it's pretty much just like 30 minute jogs. Um, once a day, except for Friday, I did, I did twice. Um, and yeah, was feeling good. It was pretty cold here, um, like cold and, and windy a lot of the a lot of the days. But um, had Dave McNeil come over um, when Stu pulled out. Dave stepped up to come over, and also Adam Clark um, was here. He's pay, was pacing the sixty-four minute group. So good just to have a few people to eat with and. Um, and hang out with, which is funny. I was actually, I was going to say this before, I was watching Zadapek on the Saturday night with Dave and um, the commentators just kept bringing up Dave and his um, scissor hands. Like, and he's just there watching it. Like, because you know how he gets the blades out when he's sprinting? Yeah. And he's just, and they just go, oh, yeah, no, Dave McNeil with his scissor hands this year. And Dave's like, oh, okay. That was a bit uncalled for. And like two minutes later, it's like, oh, yep, they got the Dave McNeil scissor hands out. And he's like... (laughs) Oh, okay, <laughs> Dave <laughs> McNeil's is getting like roasted, and he's like, like I don't know, what did I do for this? Like, I love that. I feel like any any uh, any publicity is good publicity, right? If you're getting talked yeah, about, that's yeah. a good thing, you know. Um, also, yeah, yeah I know, that's we, what I say. I go, it's a compliment. I'm like, they're saying that you you got a kick. I think that's what they were saying. Like he's, yeah, he's can always run pretty quick in that last lap. So I'm like, take his compliment, Dave. But yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. And yeah, shout like I don't know if we 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 said it enough, but um obviously Stewie just not being in a position health wise to pace for Dave to just step up to the plate straight away. Like fucking credit to him, you know, because he's yeah. obviously focused on focused on um Zatapak and then, you know, gets the call up, just does his job. I was a little bit disappointed that he decided to swap out the FTK t shirt uh last minute. You know? I know. But yeah. um <laughs> he had a shocker because he, I did sit, sit, uh, lend him some half tights as well because the ones he had had logos all over them and they were just like, no, nah, you can't be wearing them. So yeah. it wasn't the best looking kid I've ever seen. <laughs> on him, but. That's a funny way of saying it was the worst looking kid I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, while we're on the, just quickly on the topic of Zatapec, we will also be doing a you know in depth re- review of the men's ten thousand in Live Laugh and Love um, with Jack, Joel, and Brett on Patreon. You know we're going to go through uh, the inside of, of of how that race went down from Jack's perspective. But um, but yeah, so Brett, with those thirty minute runs that you're doing during the race week, like when you get there. Is every single one just super easy or are you throwing in like race pace efforts? How do you sort of um, like, you know, oh. you know what it feels like when you get back, you know, get off of a long flight. Sometimes you feel like you need to get a bit of speed in the legs, you know, get things kicking. Yeah, I did on uh, – so I landed Wednesday, did it 
run Wednesday Arvo, then Thursday morning I did four by a minute at kind of like a bit under race pace. So yeah, that was kind of the thing where, yeah, I guess open up my legs a little bit, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Like you do want to just, I don't know, feel that pace a little bit, feel, feel like you've moved a little bit. Otherwise you just start to feel a bit sluggish, but in a marathon, it's not too bad. If you're feeling a bit sluggish, I think it's more important for those other races, but you still want to feel like you have a little bit of pop. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you don't want to be lining up before 42K feeling the same way as if you're doing a 3K on the track, right? You're not doing... <laughs> not yeah, doing exactly. Stri- you're not doing strides like that Dave McNeil stride in uh, in yeah, Emily yeah. Rowing's video at Falls Creek. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Talk yeah. about scissor hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, that's probably where it's come from. They've Everyone's been watching that video and they're like, look at his scissor hands there. Um, <laughs> um, Brett... Just before we get into the full recap of your race, one question I had, um, I think a lot of the listeners are going to have had this too. Obviously, being the Australian record holder, you can get into pretty much any race you want. All the women went to Valencia. Um, I do know you broke the record in Fukuoka last year, but I think even you would admit that Valencia is a faster course than Fukuoka. Why did you decide yeah. on Fukuoka instead of Valencia. Um, yeah, well, I guess Valencia uh, Fukuoka is very easy to travel. Like I, I, I like coming here because it's the same time zone. Um, and then the big thing is that I'm like kind of more competitive in the race. I know, like I go to Valencia and probably run quicker, but you finish in like twentieth, and like you're not even in the race. Like literally, it's just a time trial. Like, you know, even it doesn't matter who you beat and what you come in. It's just like, just go run as fast as you can. If last year, if I didn't have the Olympic time, I would be going to Valencia probably and trying yeah. to get the Olympic time where, um, where I kind of came to Fukuoka thinking I could, like, I don't know, podium, maybe win the race if, like, I had a great day. So I think that was definitely more important for me to kind of, yeah, get into a race and be competitive and, and try to, because that's what, like, I don't know, running sh- should be as well. It's not always just about the time, running fast yeah. every time. Like, yeah, finishing high is is important too. So, yeah, that, that's why I wanted to do it. Um, yeah, I would just, but I, like, prefer this kind of running. Maybe one day I'll go to Valencia and, and try to run quick quicker. But, um, yeah, for Next me, year, this year, me. it was just maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I don't know it, like and to be honest I have the best sleep when I get here I love this two hour time zone difference yeah I was just having it, good sleeps where if you got you've traveled to Europe it's like you're jet lagged you have to deal with all that and it's just another thing you have to weigh up have to consider for sure preparation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's definitely it is definitely something and we've spoken about on the podcast um, as one of the problems in running, you know, globally is the focus on time over um, place. So, you know, you've got a guy who can, you know, has won his last 10 races, but he runs his PBs 27.50 for the 10K, or you've got a guy who's never won a race, but he just got towed along around 27.35 and everyone, pretty yeah. much everyone in, in the world thinks the 27.35 guy's a better runner. And it's like, well, yeah, no, yeah. he's got a faster PB, but I don't, I don't actually think he's a better runner. At the end of the day, I think the focus yeah. should be on race wins. And yeah, while while I, yeah, I do, and agree, I do I, you go. Um, while I do agree that 
you know, a fast time obviously is, is super important. Um, you know, like Jack and I were running together on Sunday and we're obviously talking about how, how you were going to go. And we said the exact same thing as you. It's it's that, you know, on your day, you can be in the mix and you can win. You know, you're not going to fucking win Valencia. So I, I know you've got a big head and, you, and you've got oh, some yeah. self-confidence, but, and, but you're not going to yeah. run 201. No. Yeah. And, and like, even if you're on 206 in Valencia, you're coming 20th. But like, you see the people in that race, like they're not sprinting to out sprint someone. They're like, yeah. it's, it's just all time. It's just... Running the time, it doesn't matter. It's like it's like a group it's time trial. Just get on the train. Yeah, it is. It is like that. And and the sometimes that, that's the thing you need to do because if you try and run the Olympic time, like all the girls there, they're trying For to sure. run the Olympic time. So it's like that's what they need to do. Um, where I didn't, I don't need to run the Olympic time now. So um, for me, yeah, it was more just about trying to win a race or come top three and um, and be yeah. competitive. Um, because like yeah. yeah, when you go to the Olympics, it's going to be a bit different as well. Like it's not going to be, it's not going to be one of those time trial races. It's going to be more, more tactical and more other things coming into it. Done, done. Well said. Well, uh, let's just get straight into it. People want to know. Everyone's asking play by play. Let's just run through exactly. You know, from warm up until coming across the line. I'll, I'll you know, if yeah. questions come to mind. Maybe a couple of smart-ass comments come to mind. I'll try hold those ones back and we'll try and be serious. Um, but let's hear it. Yeah. Um, so the race is at 12.10, which is kind of nice. You get a nice little normal sleep. Um, so, yeah, got up at 7, had my my rice for breakfast and then, yeah, went down to the, the track. We do the first, like, 1,500 metres on the, just laps of the track. Um, Dave got out of the gates pretty quick. I think like 67 first lap. Did he? Um, and yeah. We did, but, we did uh, say how think, hard yeah. that first lap is. Um, you have to you get know. to the um, to the front too. He, he he went down to the track on Friday and he's like, yeah, I want to like just try to like dial in like a 259K so I know what to do. I'm like, mate, I, like if I went around a 259 on Friday, I would be – no more confident of doing it two days later. Like it's just kind of guesswork in that first K, and then and then then you get into the rhythm. But um, hey, just before yeah, I don't move, just before I just wanted to do a real quick shout out. I don't know if you saw this come through in the FTK emails um, from Mike Howe from from America. He, you know, would all that talk about uh, celiac and stuff. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, send us a big email just shouting out just because on, on the on the topic there, if you're talking about rice and he is a celiac and he said, you know, there's no representation from runners and stuff. So we were mentioning that and he goes, I just heard you guys talk about that and like eating rice and it just made me feel so good because that's pretty much all I can eat <laughs> in the lead up to races. So there's, there you go, Mike. That's the second shout out for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was eating heaps of rice. I was only eating like sushi and... And rice, pretty much. So, it's like for the celiac people out there, hey, we're going to become a celiac podcast. Soon. <laughs> it's like you know, you got the tags. It's like running, um, and then the next one's a celiac. Yeah, and it's like we get interviewed. And it's like, so which one of you two are celiac? And we're like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> so yeah, once um, Dave's done that, that first first lap two. Yeah, so I don't know. It's, it says that my first K was 254. I don't know if it was because it's on the track. But um, yeah, we're kind of like, I think I think it was like 
pretty pretty good pace by Dave. So the first five k was fourteen fifty five, which was bang on. Um, and yeah, I was just kind of sitting in the um in the middle of the pack, or all right at the back of the pack, or according to you, I wasn't in the pack. I was not at five k, but I was watching with so was on one of the dodgy live streams I was watching and I think it was about 12, 13K. It kept like stopping. The, the listeners know what I mean. It kept coming up with ad break, you know, and it would just cover the whole screen yeah, and yeah. then you'd have to refresh it and go back. <laughs> and it was about like 12, 14K. I am 99% sure you were like not in the pack and there was like a, a kit um, that looked just like yours like probably a hundred meters back and it was sort of zooming and I was like going, fuck, like what's happened? And it was making me feel genuinely stressed. And I showed Chelsea because I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. And Chelsea, I go, does that look like Brett? And she goes, yeah, that looks like Brett. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I was like, oh, maybe the, maybe they're just like going crazy fast. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I, who knows? And then I like refreshed again. And then like, I, I got annoyed. I was like, guys, oh, fuck, this is too stressful. I'm going to chill out. I think I watched an episode of Entourage or something like that to, to, to try and relax myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we we get back on and I open it up and you're in the pack and I'm like, this is it like halfway and I'm like, what the fuck was that? That must not have been Brett. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, that's funny because I was just like, I don't know, I literally was just trying to be invisible pretty much that first half. That's like, probably kind of, why. Yeah. Yeah. And um, well, not, not <laughs> that's necessarily invisible to people watching at home. I just wanted to be like <laughs> at the back of the pack, just relaxing, yeah. like hiding from the camera. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like 14.55, it felt fine, really. Um, you definitely feel a bit sluggish kind of that first five or so K, five or 10 K in, in the marathon. Um, but yeah, I just kind of like keep telling myself it. You will start feeling better, and yeah, so probably the around 10k. I started. The sluggishness is uh, like leg wise, right? Like you're not breathing hard. You're not. Is it? No, it's I'm not, not breathing like, hard at yeah, all. Yeah, it's just the legs yeah. just don't feel as like poppy as they should. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should just do a few more fucking fast sprints. <laughs> like, it like do, no, it does sound Some... like from <laughs> Brett's his hands. Um, it does sound like uh, that's just, you know, look, I haven't done a marathon. I have never done a carbo load like that, but it sounds that's pretty much like what you have to yeah. expect. It's just like your body is Definitely. so full of, you know, glycogen stores are so full, more than so than in normal training. So you just have to sort of yeah. manage that. <laughs> it, is a, it is a funny thing though, because like you're in a race and then you're like, geez, I've got like two hours to go. And I'm not feeling great here. And like, you mm. kind of have to keep like reminding yourself, like, no, this is normal. This is normal. And then you, you do like start building confidence through the race as you start feeling better. Getting um, into better patches. Yeah, yeah. But it is, yeah, it is definitely like some mind games that first, first 10, 15K. Um, but yeah, uh, so we went through 10K in 29.50. So another 14.55. So bang on by Dave. Um, and then, the next 5k we had a bit of a tailwind and so we ran 1448 for that for that one um uh, but it didn't to us it didn't really feel like we we're going much quicker like it didn't yeah. the effort wasn't really seven um, seconds over 5k anymore. it's not that you know seven seconds over 5k with a tailwind it's not shouldn't be that noticeable no, no. um but yeah yeah dave was doing a good job there was, was four dave bases block- so was Dave? Where was Dave? Um, he was obviously at the because he, he was trying to get to halfway, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like 
you compare, obviously Stewie was the uh, was the original choice for the pacing, and then you swap it swap it out for for Dave. It's like, what wind is Dave blocking? It's like honestly, you may as well <laughs> yeah, but, um, may as well have called out a mosquito to come see at the front of the back. <laughs> yeah, Dave's style is a lot better though for sitting for, behind, pacing, for pacing. Definitely, he's 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 yeah yeah yeah. You're just getting um, wind. You're just getting wind on like the outside of your arms and your face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but like Adam Clark, he has the most bouncy style ever, and true. he would have been terrible to run behind. That's um, true. So that's why all his group blew up, maybe because <laughs> hated running behind him. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so then the next five k was fifteen oh five, so that was probably a bit into the headwind, and Dave bang on sixty three flat, so did his yeah. job perfectly. Um, and, then, and then he stepped off. Um, and I was, I was still feeling pretty good at this stage. Like I didn't um, – I was like, yeah, breathing-wise, like it was like very easy, I reckon. Like, yeah, but I, I felt like it was a bit humid. I don't know. I was like, I felt like I was sweating a fair bit. Um, I don't know if other, others found it like that. Maybe it was just me. I was getting a bit hot. But um, What was and, the temperature yeah, on race day? Uh, it was, I think, about 12, 13 degrees. Yeah. Um, it's so 12, they, 13 yeah, degrees, they, 0% humidity. So you're like, yep, just give Yeah, me. I know. Yeah, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, um, but they sent us like a, the, like official results and it was, um, so the wind actually got worse through the race, which, which sucked, but, um, but. Yeah, I think it was it was like maybe 60 70% humidity. So I don't know. Is that that's yeah. probably just pretty normal, I'd say. Yeah. But also um, that's if that's normal, it's like during, you know, a marathon when you're racing at that, it is going to feel, you know, it's not 5 yeah. degrees and 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 10% humidity. Um yeah. are you, are yeah, you exactly. just about to go on to talking about stage from the 20k? Just a question. Yeah. From 0 to halfway, how many times Yep. Knowing that the stitch has is not a, there at all, how many times does it enter your brain? And do you become aware of that? Like you um, get through 5K and it's like, oh, I haven't felt it yet. Am I going to get it today? Or is it just you're blocked out and you're not even thinking about it? I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I still think about it because I'm like trying to make sure my like arm swing isn't like opening up too much. Yeah. So... I'm kind of thinking of it as a preventing thing. Like I'm not checking to see if I have it, but I'm like, all right, I don't want to get a stitch. Like let's keep my arm nice and tight. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not. And then I started just doing the breathing just a little bit earlier. Like when I didn't have it, I would just kind of do that breathing thing that I was doing last year and just, I don't know, seeing if it help, helps prevent it. Um, and especially while my breathing's like that first half when I'm not really breathing too hard, I felt like it was a good time to do it because when it gets really hard in the race and my breathing's struggling and then I'm trying to do this other breathing pattern, it's, it can be pretty hard. So, um, yeah, I just started doing it a bit earlier, which I think was good because I didn't really, the whole time, like the stitch never really came on too bad. Like I had it a few little times, um, but never really bad. So it was, I think that's such over, a good yeah. Like that's fucking awesome. Definitely. That's, definitely. Like, like a mat. Yeah. What, Look, this is I don't know what your yeah, your opinion is, but if I was in your head, if if you were me, I should say, um, 
and I had run 208.29 with no stitch, I think mm. that is a better performance than like 207.50 and having the stitch. You know, just because yeah. it's like it's like even though, you know, you've run quicker for whatever reason but the stitch is there and it's like, well, hang on, you've run 208.29 which, you know, a few years ago you were looking at that as a as a really fast time and you've got zero stitch. Yeah, definitely. So what does that mean yeah. then? You know, if that's now starting, this stitch issue is now starting to disappear and you're getting getting over it, it's like, well, okay, then you go from like 208.29, what can you do then with no stitch? Mm. It's like the, the, the yeah. possibilities there are, uh, you know, are very exciting, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if, if I can eventually at least get to this point where it's not really affecting me, then it's just all the normal things that affect people. Um, exactly. Which is I mean. good. Way. Like I felt like I always just had this bit of a handicap that I give everyone a head start because at some point I'm going to have to slow down for um, yeah for a few minutes and, and let everyone get away. But um, yeah, so that, that's definitely a, a very good positive. Um, it was funny that, so yeah, we get through, yeah, 25K was another, was 15 flat. Um, and then at about 28k, so I didn't know this till after, but, um, that's when I dropped off, um, at 28k. So I, and I've got a few people messaging me, oh, you get a stitch at about 28k, but, um, the, the front guys just ran at 254 and, Fuck. and I didn't, I didn't realize, like, I didn't know. Um, I just was like, couldn't really keep up. Like, oh, yeah, this feels too quick. felt like it was a bit too, still yeah, got 14k to go. I, yeah, I, I, and like I didn't realize that they were going quicker. I just thought I was having a bit of a rough patch. And so I just kind of like it just a little gap opened up. Um, and then, yeah, got to 30K and like I was still going like I was still running like good Ks. Like at, at that point, um, like what I run like a three, a 301. And then there was a couple where they were into the win and like they were like 305, 304. Um, and then I, yeah, we got to the turnaround and I, like, that's when we had the, the, so we had a good headwind, like a p- pretty hard headwind the last 10 K. Um, and that'll do us here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but I got to the turnaround and I'm like, geez, these guys are only like five or 10 seconds in front of me. And I'm like, like, what, what do I do here? Uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to make a bit of an effort to catch up to these guys. Yeah. And so I was like, but I knew at that point it was kind of like a make or break because I just didn't feel like they were like really going hard. Like I felt like that, like they weren't attacking it. So I'm yeah. like, and if imagine I you spend back onto them. Yeah. But imagine yeah, also, it, like, it's like the offside, you spend like the, a K, you know, or two K really digging deep, going overextending to get yeah. onto the back of them. And then they go and they go, Oh, yeah. Robbo's on us now. Let's go. Boom. And then you're like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is into the headwind too. So, but I was just like, all right, it's make or break. I'm going to try to get onto this. If I don't get onto it, it's going to be fucking hard. Yeah. Um, so a few K I trying and I was just like, was getting close, but just never was able to get onto the back of him. And then, yeah, into the wind. Then I started just like getting tired, really. Like this is like getting through 35K kind of thing. So like the 35K, 30 to 35K, yeah, like they put 
so probably at about 33, 34, like I started struggling a little bit. So, but I ran pretty much the same split as them <clears throat> up to 35K. Yeah. And then I started struggling. Um, and you turn a corner kind of at 37. <clears throat> and that's, sorry, <clears throat> where the headwind's like definitely straight into your face. And yeah, I don't, I just, from there, <clears throat> I, I never drink. Yeah, Brett needs a drink. Poor bloke. It's he's he's reliving hell here from uh from thirty five to forty k and he's starting to tear up for yeah, those who don't know. No, nah, I'm just, just you need you still need a <laughs> still need a cough. Do you get that um of like po- don't you reckon post race, like the day after like racing, your throat gets fucked? It definitely happens yeah. to me. Like, you know, I've, yeah. I feel like almost um, like you lose your voice almost, you know, if you, I think it's like when you push that hard, either in track racing and stuff, and it's just like your throat and your, I don't know if it's you're doing damage to your lungs or I don't know what it is, but yeah. 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 No, I don't feel good. But um, yeah, it got to, so yeah, from about 35K, I was just, my legs just started going. Like I just felt like my form was just gone all, all out the window. And yeah, uh, yeah I was just, my legs are just, Really tired. Um, had some bad Ks from, yeah, 39. So, like, started running like some 315s. And then my 42nd K was 322, which was <laughs> up this little hill. Um, but You're yeah, really it's on just, survival mode at that was, point, aren't you? It's just like getting uh, to yeah. the fucking finish and, line. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I just was – I felt like I was sprinting for the last, like – Literally, I felt like I was sprinting for 9K, I reckon. Um, like, I was just c- couldn't go any harder. And, yeah, those last few K was just really struggling. Um, my legs just weren't working. Um, I tell you what, just, be- and then, so the- just before you, you, you go on, um, I had a bunch of athletes run the um, the – two times of your wellness, you know, 10K and half and stuff. And I've been, man- you know, talking to my athletes. I think one thing like a lot of like recreational runners and, you know, a lot of our listeners don't under- understand is like how to- hard to push themselves in races. And they probably don't mm. know, you know, like, like we've been running since we were kids, right? You learn how to push, you know, some people, yeah, they push and they blow up, but a lot of people don't, um, they don't know how hard that they have to push and like what that feels like. And, you know, it, it can sometimes feel like you're going to do damage to your body almost like, am I going to have a heart attack, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. It's like, listen, yeah. to Brett, Brett Robinson has just told you that from from the last 9K of a marathon, it feels like he's sprinting. So he's at max effort. Mm. And I don't know why I'm talking about you, third person saying, hey, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> but you, you um, uh, nine kilometers of a marathon you're at max effort. So think about that sort of pain yeah. and like what you're going through. That That is genuine hell, right? But you know it's mm. an end. You know you know there's an end. It's like a little bit cliche, Lance Armstrong's thing, right? Pain is temporary, glory lasts forever sort of thing. It's, it's just you just have to. That's the sacrifice it takes, right? You can if you back off, you know, and you be a little, you know, men- mentally weak there and you go, you know what, this is not my day. Um, I'm going, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling great. I'm going to back off. You know, you might've blown you know, cruise and you end up running like 210 or something and you're just not as happy, but it's like, yeah. you know, and you've, you, you, you know, that's one, one thing I reckon that you are probably the best at of, of any runner I know is just fucking digging deep, whether you, you know, your days go g- going well or not. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I would say I fucking rinsed myself yesterday. Like I, um, 
couldn't have gone any harder. I, yeah, may, maybe if I had run a bit differently, like I wonder if I um, had of at, at that twenty eight k point when that that was that faster k, if I had just kind of stuck with it a bit more. Um, mm. But at that point, I just thought, geez, it's like fourteen k to go. Like this is feeling a little bit tough. Um, it's what it could have should have. Right? Maybe, There's always yeah. those thoughts, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And because I didn't, I didn't know at that point that they were. Um, gonna break away, and then I was gonna start catching them again. So exactly, um, I or yeah, imagine yeah. You, sit, you you sit on them, you, you do go through that that two fifty four with them, right? And then you do get that extra like eight k or whatever it was into the tailwind, and you're sitting on them and stuff, but you're really like pushing and you're really pushing, yeah. And then that three fifteen that you did and the three twenty two that you did towards the end are actually a three thirty and a three forty five because you've absolutely blown a gasket. Right, so it's like mm. you can look at it from both yeah. ways. Yeah. You just don't know. It is exactly. It is. It is. Yeah, and it's always like now, like, like oh, could I have done this? But it's just like at the time, I could, you couldn't. I know I couldn't have done any more. Like, yeah. And so, like, I had um Abel Karui, who was the guy that I beat in the last lap last year, and so I remember with like eight hundred to go last year, a little hill, and he was like struggling up that, but this year. He was 20 meters behind me and I was struggling like that. And I'm like, oh, he's going to do what I did to him last last <laughs> year and get me in the last lap. But, um, and so I was just, yeah, it's like having those people around, it makes you, I don't know, absolutely go as hard as you can kind of all the way to the end. So I definitely, yeah, tried as hard as I could. But like you can see from all the guys, like everyone ran slow the last 12K. Yeah. Like, I, I ran 16 minutes from 35 to 40. The winners ran 15.30, um, mm. which like when when everyone was hoping to be running sub-15s at this point. Yeah. Um, it goes to show so, the winners yeah, just obviously played a huge role yeah. in that. So I, I lost a lot in that last 7K. I lost, um, yeah, a good like, yeah, pretty much all the time there, minute 10 or something. In, yeah. in that time, in that last seven k, yeah. so yeah, um, yeah, I, I just yeah, I don't know if what why my legs <laughs> fell off like that. Um, but it's a yeah. hard thing, right? Sometimes you cut. You, <laughs> how many how many yeah races as a professional runner have you done? You know, and and you don't even have to be a professional runner actually to to get this but like how many races do people do where everything goes everything goes to plan and in in the top like the lead up and the build up and you perform on the day and sometimes you have those questions i just don't know i couldn't go the body just doesn't play ball for whatever reason um it sounds like you know you do you do have quite a good idea of like the reasons obviously the weather and all that plays but plays a big role but i think you know, obviously, as your as your business partner and your mate and stuff, when I saw two eight two eight twenty nine, I was like, okay, I know he is not going to be super happy with that, um, but I feel like that is now your baseline of like a not so great performance. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. you're running that now, like you know, a couple of years ago, that it might be a two ten, you know, two eleven, you know, it's it's yeah, if, you, if it's you're definitely running, a solid run. Yeah, it's like if you're running two two eight twenty nine as a solid performance, you know, with things that went yeah. wrong and stuff, it's like okay, that's good. Like the the more consistent you can get over these marathons, I feel like you're spitting out about seven marathons a year. So it's like fuck, surely you're running two oh six soon. Yeah, yeah, and like you look at like Sandro Mullen, who's a Norwegian who finished third, and like 
yeah, I was like speaking to him and he was like, yeah, man, like everyone was just blowing up and everyone was like thought they were going to run a lot faster today, but yeah. it just wasn't. It, yeah, so like I think that's the thing as well. It just wasn't a day to run really quick. No. Nah. Like last year was a lot better day. Yeah. To run quick. So um, if you were smart about it, you would have lined up, you would have done your warm up and then you would have gone, nah, weather's not looking good and you would have got a chartered private flight straight to Valencia and you would have made it. You know? Yeah. I know. <laughs> if they had the um, if they had the Concorde, you could have jumped jumped on the Concorde, and it would have got you to Valencia straight, <laughs> paraglide <laughs> into the start line. <laughs> yeah. So with Valencia, the what helps with that so much, I reckon, is the last eight k is downhill, yeah. only slightly, but doesn't um, matter. But yeah. that's the time when your your body has like is losing momentum, like it's nearly falling backwards. Where if you got to slide downhill, just like helping you kind of roll down that it definitely yeah. helps i think i think that's a big part about Valencia. but um so but yeah i it's definitely a, a still a solid run that I'm, I'm fairly happy with um i know it wasn't yeah on 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 a not great conditions day and a not uh and just having a f- few bad k's at the end um i think i've got to be pretty happy with that that's yeah, fun. yeah, and I think the listeners will all uh, share my feelings in this, and that you have one of those monotone voices that you you could have just run two hundred four, or you could have blown up and run yeah. two twenty, and your uh, response is going to be fairly fairly similar. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Even you yeah. would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. Nah, well done. Obviously, yeah. The, the thank you so so much to all the all the fans of not only Brett but FTK just sending in you know so many DMs and stuff of support. Um. It's you know it's one of the one of the yeah, reasons thank why you we do this podcast. For the support. <laughs> yeah, Brett's like making me do the thank yous. What the fuck am I doing it for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I feel like, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, what is your plan now? Obviously, you go into, you know, a couple of weeks of chilling out, a bit of hibernation. What's yeah. the plans? Um, yeah, just my, my body is absolutely beat up. Um, yes, yeah, so that's what I thought was worst. interesting. Speaking to you off air about how you bought, you know, Chelsea came on the camera and go, yeah. how are you feeling? And you said, oh, I'm feeling absolutely fucked. And it's like last time we spoke, you know, and I've definitely heard you say this in, in previous episodes, is like, oh, yeah, the more marathons you do, the, you, the body feels better and like you feel better and better. So now it sounds mm. like, you know, you're actually back to almost like when you first started doing marathons. Yeah, well, I guess like maybe, maybe because I didn't, I like a lot when I get the stitch, I guess it makes me go a bit easier at, at the end. Um, a bit where this, I didn't get the stitch. So I was just kind of running as hard as I could and feeling like I'm sprinting for the last 9K. So um, maybe I just was able to empty the tank a bit more. But and, and then I guess blowing up means you just literally have emptied your tank. So yeah, I think there's a lot of muscle damage there. But yeah, I, I'm just struggling to to walk still so um sit on a plane for the next 12 hours which would be great for the body but um yeah take it easy for the next few weeks i'm gonna run a marigami half in early feb if all things going well yeah and the plan will be to go to falls creek in the lead up to that do you think or not i think so Uh, yeah i don't don't know i need to speak to nick um next week and kind of work all that out but 
yeah. Uh, yeah, it depends what other people are doing too. But it's, yeah, and, and the timing of it, just because it's early Feb. Just because it's so. early Feb, because I think the plan with Falls is 20th until like mid-Feb for the main MTC guys. Yeah. All I'm thinking of selfishly is that I'll be up there and it's like, fuck, in-person recordings for the podcast are going to be a lot easier than oh, if we're in separate. Yeah. But uh, we've done enough. We've, we've done lots of uh, lots of non-in-person ones recently, so that'll be fine, I reckon. But no, it's yeah. good. Um, I feel like I don't really need to do my – and it's not a, an insecurity thing. I feel like I've had enough attention over this uh, – over the, the last couple of days of the Zatapec thing, my uh, don't really need to go banging on about my training week, but things are going good. Did my first session of eight by K on Tuesday, um, did four with Sinead and then for myself getting a bit quicker, which is really good. Threshold on Friday was not f- great. Um, the back thing coming back a little bit. It's just like this, as I said, not an injury. Your just, yeah. Is your form um, going out the window there? Yeah, that's it's it's it was really windy, um, really windy in the at the beginning, and it's all technique related. Um, it has to be because I can swap to a jog or I can do like two hundred meter strides with nothing. It's just when I'm locked into that constant yeah. pace, and it was just really shit and really bad. And then I struggle with it mentally because then I get fucking angry and frustrated while I'm doing it. Mm. Which tense makes you more tense, and it doesn't help anything. So, like you know, one thing I talked about with Paul, the balance runner, you know, he just said that um, technical fatigue. He goes, it's a big thing that you you need to address, and it's like if you are dealing with that, um, I'm not going to call it pain, but say stiffness, stop, stop, reset, try go again, because you're not doing anything good by just trying to push through the stiffness. It's not going to do anything good. So I like I did like eight minutes, stopped, and then I did four minutes, and I stopped. I did another four minutes, and I was just like, nah, this is fucked. This is done. So then I'm like all down in the dumps, did a short jog Saturday, and then did my longest run, um, did the hill loop out at Yarra Flats on Sunday morning with Jack, and it was like 23K, I think, yeah, something like that, and felt absolutely fine. So I feel like now that I'm up to okay. like doing that sort of stuff, um, I'm back in like full – like a 8K session on a Tuesday, the thresholds I'll keep working on and I'm, you know, doing like over 90 minutes on a Sunday. <clears throat> if I can do that all through, you know, summer before I get to Falls Creek, there's no reason why I won't be, um, f- you know, flying fit towards the end of end of Feb. I did want to go to Marigami. Um, that was my goal, you know, set myself that. Um, but just, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit silly rushing, rushing back for that. Um, but yeah, you never know. You definitely do not want to rush for something. I'm not Russian, but you also like I do get fit pretty quick. Like I'm not going to chase fitness, but I do have that body that, you know, obviously breaks down quick, but I do get fit really quick. So there is a chance that, you know, like if it gets to like mid-Jan, who knows? I don't want to say, I just don't want to say like mm. I'm not, I don't want to, I sort of don't want to be like, I'm not racing for ages. But yeah, the main the main goal is going to be in March, um, the World Cross Trials. So day before my 30th yeah. birthday. Yes. Yeah. So, Big um, um yeah, we also also just want to say a shout out to Rambo and Corscreen. They were both in the oven. <laughs> they both won their races. <laughs> both won their races, so they they cooked it perfectly. Yeah, I said to Rambo, "I go, that is the biggest." Like, I go, obviously. Obviously, you are never, ever going to hear Brett and I like apologize. We're not going to come on the podcast and be like, oh, Rambo, sorry for saying you in the other. It's like bullshit. We go harder. You know, you want to go up against us, we go <laughs> yeah. harder on you. I said, but I tell you what, the biggest fuck you to Joel and Brett on the podcast is going winning a race, 
right? And he like laughed no. at that. Although a lot of uh, the interview I did with Rambo is probably going to get cut because he was being a dickhead, like trying to shove the microphone like into my face and stuff. Like, he's just <laughs> he's so he's so like like obviously I'm so immature, but like I can switch it on, right? It's like okay, time to be professional. Rambo doesn't give a fuck, which is good. No. I love that about him. Um, Cosy. He's uh, he was great to interview. Uh, made sure I took the piss about piss piss out of him about Fred again. Had to get that in there. Uh, but, <laughs> yes, but yeah, like I, as I said, I had all these I had all these um, funny funny uh, questions to ask Jack because I really did I did think that Jack was going to win. Um, but again, you know, like we'll talk about this in Live, Laugh, Love, and Run on Patreon. But you know, you can't win every single race. You just can't. And then when you do, if the people that do win race after race after race after race, eventually, you know, you will not. Um, and so Jack was like, you know, disappointed. And, and obviously he's like, you know, it's bittersweet. I don't, you know, I don't want to win. And I said, that's, you know, the sign of a true champion is, is not being happy, um, you know, getting beaten. But yeah. fuck, because he's a good runner, put a good, good, uh, a super good block of training done up at Falls Creek and, and he's got fucking wheels. So... Yeah, definitely. And I think just the way that race went, it um, for Cozzy, like he was able just to hold on. And then once he gets those last few laps, like he's definitely going to be very strong. So it's the thing in the 10K, like it's hard, but you can change gears in that last lap, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Sick weekend of racing, you know, Valencia, Zatapec, Fukuoka. Um, it's such a cool time you know, for the sport. Um, we had obviously Duff, you know, most famous name in, in the Australian uh, running world without anyone knowing what he looks like. We actually did get him on film. <laughs> um, so I don't know if he's going to make the edit, uh, but him and his girlfriend, Neve, our booking agent, they were at Zatapec and that was probably the first event they've ever, you know, running event they've been to on the elite side of things. Like they both did like, you know, Melbourne Marathon and they do fun runs and stuff like that because they're interested in that, but they've never actually been to a proper professional running event and they were blown away. They were just like, this is sick. Mm. And, you know, it's running is changing. Like look at 10 years ago, you know, it was just not like this. So it's it's yeah. a it's a, a um a great time for the sport. I think it's so exciting. There's so much talent coming out of Australia. Um, not only from runners, but also like po- a crazy podcast talent coming out of Australia as well. <laughs> um, the only thing with that stage that was set up, every single race was won yep. when they when the the camera was obscured by the stage. Yeah, well, this, that's the the thing is that they, you know, I think the focus was um, the the on the night and not the street. People there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, yeah. it was, it was great. But it was just funny. I feel like every single race is like, all right, one eighty to go. Who's going to win it? And then by one forty, when they come out, it's like, oh, the race is over. <laughs> I'm going to tell this story. Uh, I'm going to tell this story now um, because I'm not sure it's going to make the cut. If it does make the cut. Then I'll be pissed off because I've sort of ruined the joke and all that. But did I tell you the USB peaking duck joke that I was going to do? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I swapped it to you. You said you were going to do it. <laughs> yeah, but I said it was going to do it oh, for no, Rainer. I, I swapped it to you. So I've, <laughs> I've got my, 
my I brought a USB and I'm trying to like ask you know people in the crowd and like you know going up to people being like you know this is you know Brett Robinson a lot of people don't know this but he's actually a, an aspiring music producer you know running his side gig I'm trying to get this USB to peaking dark and we're trying to like <laughs> what I wanted to do like my vision was to as they're like setting up on stage just to like me like run up on stage and try and give it to them and then be sort of like the and like, they've run got, up on stage who not, do you think you are not run up like while they're setting up right not while they're performing like as they're as they're like you know setting up and all that but obviously they get chaperoned onto the stage like just before they perform so it was hard but I actually I still will and dealed and I got found the chaperone got him to ring me um when they he was walking him through so that I could do that and he goes he just like asks he goes oh by the way have you like spoken to Peking Duck about this like are they all across it like across it like you know they, they know and I go I just like pause for like one second I go yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, we've spoken to him. It's all part of the day. It's like fucking. Um, but I didn't end up. I wasn't able to do it. Uh, I feel like we were still sort of able to do it, um, but just not with Peking Duck involved. But we'll see. We'll see if it makes a cut. If not, it's a uh, it's a it's a funny story at least. Mm, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. What a, uh, what a wrap. Uh, that's a wrap. I reckon, man. We will be back in yeah. the studio not next week because you are going away, or we will be next week. I don't know. Don't even know. You, I'm going your away. holiday, your holiday schedule is cooked at the moment. I'll let you rest. I just get Saskia to book everything. So yeah, it's. De- <laughs> I'm hopeless because I have my whole life of bidders booking me stuff. So I'm like, when I get into the real world of booking holidays, I don't know what to do. I don't. I know it sounds. I usually just get the flights sent to me. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly no different. We got Saskia's going away next week, and I just said, to, like I said to Chelsea, go. When's Saskia? Like, when's her going away again? It's like it's Friday, Joel. I'm like, yep, perfect, thanks. That's why. Yep. They're, they're just so much more organized. We got, you that's know, why we got them. That's, that's why, why we got them. That's why we got them. Personal <laughs> assistance. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, so stupid. All right, mate. Good job again. And we will see you for Live, Laugh and Love in a few days. Yeah. See you soon. See ya. Bye.